guys, this might be a long podcast because I might be <laughs> sleeping over Matt Palmer's tonight. And why exactly is that Matt Steele? Because after I parked my car outside his lovely apartment, I locked my keys in my car. And you know what? We hate that for you. But we d- I do have a guest room here. So if you need to sleep over, that's an option. It's available to you. I'm sure we have some toothbrushes that have not been opened <gasps> that we could get you. Jackson always has an extra toothbrush around that's been unused. Oh, so, you know I love free shit. I know you do. So I, I will say Matt Steele walked in in quite the mood. <laughs> I feel like talking to the people uh, once you sat down on the live chat made you feel a bit better. But how are we feeling Right now. Right now? Right now. I'm, you know, I'm just living in it. I'm just, <laughs> which is a very vague thing. To, it's a very BFA drama major say. thing to say when acting teachers would be like, just live in it. It's like, what does that mean? <laughs> but, you know, I, I have to say, like, I don't know how to describe it other than just saying I'm just living in it. Okay. I think that seems positive. It's, it, it is what it is. That's what it is. All right. That, I'll take that. Great. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Two Game Mats podcast. It's Matt Palmer. It's Matt Steele. And we're back again. Another week. We're back together after what feels like a long time. An eternity. And like as much as I'm glad we could continue to do the podcast and do everything we could do remotely, it's much easier when you're just sitting right here. <laughs> I know. And I've had a couple people say like, oh, I'm finally going to be able to like watch or like listen or watch your podcast uh, this week. And yeah. it was during a remote week. And I'm like, OK, I just want to let you know, like the, <laughs> the energy isn't as like energetic uh, when we were remote and, and they would watch it and be like, the energy was still pretty energetic. <laughs> I feel like the energy is never really the problem with two gay mats. I sometimes wonder, like, do how could people listen to this on like one and a half speed? But I know some people that do. Oh, I have a friend who was like, when I first met you I thought you talked so slowly because I listened to the podcast at one and a half feet and I'm like at one and a half speed and I'm like could you hear anything we said? Oh like, my God. We are just clamoring, chattering, two talking heads. It's a lot. It's I know. A lot. And it's, it's, it's so interesting because I, whenever like a camera's on, I'm always just like, my heart just starts racing and I get excited <laughs> and I like, yes. I have a lot to say. And it's like when I film an audition and I'm like, okay, this one's going to be subtle. <laughs> and I like film it and I watch it back and I'm just like, Oh, wow. That was not subtle in the slightest. <laughs> but wasn't it you that said subtleties for boring people? Subtleties for boring people. A quote from Devo's in the movie available now. Yes. Can't wait for that watch along. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. So Matt Steele. Yes. How was your week? My week was really good. On Wednesday, I flew away from my home in Jersey. I mm. waved goodbye to my family and got on a jet plane and, and came back here to my regular old life. Yes. And, and it's been nice. It's been good. Like January, I always feel really refreshed. Yes. And like that two week Christmas vacation is always just such a good refresher that I never realize I need until it's January again. And I'm like, oh, I feel I, I'm. I walking into work happy, which is weird. Um, <laughs> and what else did I do this week? I, oh, my friend Lauren, every year around this time, right after Christmas, she hosts her annual penguin party. Oh, yes. Where she, my friend Lauren loves penguins, and so she decorates the whole house of hers with penguins, and it's just a penguin-themed party, and at the end of the night, you have to guess how many penguin decorations there are. <laughs> this year, there were like 250-something, wow. and, and I came in fourth place with the guessing game, so I did not win a prize. That's but okay. I felt like a winner. That's important. Of course. <laughs> and what else did I do? Oh, I, uh, on Friday, I saw Babylon again for the second time. What? <laughs> 
I had to. You didn't. I did. You, I did. Why? Why did you have to? Because, and I just needed to feel those feelings again. Wow. And I felt them. I did. I like. It was just as thrilling <laughs> and entertaining and hilarious and heartwarming as it was the first time. Well, this is not a Babylon podcast, believe it or not, but it I'm really happy should be. you were happy. Uh, I, I'm, I could talk about it all day, but I won't. Thank you. Because <laughs> Matt Palmer, yes. how has your week been? My week has also been pretty good. I feel like much like yourself, I didn't feel like I needed this break until it happened. And then I was doing so little for so long and then getting back to work, back on the mic. I, it's inspired me. I'm like, okay, my New Year's resolutions as far as two gay mats goes is like I need to do X, Y, and Z, including make more TikToks because I feel like the TikToks and Reels people react to more than just a picture of like what the podcast is about. And I did my first one, and I'm just gonna try to keep that momentum going. I'm excited for uh, Miley Cyrus's single coming out on Friday and that album coming out in March, which we'll talk about. There's just new music stuff happening, and like I don't know, I just feel like I have a new zest for life. That's post, good, you know. And the day job is also going well. And this weekend was lovely. We just went to uh, our friends Joe and Tim's apartment uh, last night and hung out with them, played some video games. There's a new, there's a video game on Switch that's free called Fall Guys. It's one of those games that's a little like those weird like fighting games that people all across the world are playing at the same time and you're trying to get with them. Mm-hmm. But this is like not fighting, not shooting. No one dies. I guess you kind of die, but you're dying as like a cute little bean dressed up in a onesie and you're just trying to do fun, colorful races and things. And so I downloaded that. I thought you said races things. No! <laughs> and, I was like, and then I was like, oh, races no, and things. races and things. All right, no, my heart stopped for no, a second. We were talking about Vanderpump Rules earlier, so you pro- that's why you had racism in your head. Okay. <laughs> but no, just fun races, and so that was lovely. We watched a film on Friday, which will come up a little bit later. <gasps> um, and then now I'm here with you. I got to see my friend Janie today. We also went to Jeff and Jean's uh, oldest son, I guess only son, but the older child, mm-hmm. Owen, turned three, and so I was there and was happy to celebrate with him, take some nice pictures, and uh, now I'm sitting here with you. Oh, look at that. Ending it with a nice little happy exclamation point. Yes. With me, and really an exclamation point because we talk very quickly and loudly. <laughs> I know. That's just our thing. It's just it's just our thing. It's our brand. It really, know? really is. Yeah. Are we, we should do a podcast once where we really try to be as chill as humanly possible. Maybe we'll do like an April 1st, like April Fool's Day podcast where we're like two straight mats. And we, our news is like chill and like we're like chill. And we're chill. Like how I think my straight voice is pretty good. Okay, mine's okay. Yeah. Whenever I like film an audition and I have to play like a straight character, I always listen to it and I'm like, yeah, it's still not there. (laughs) You still sound gay. Still sound just a little animated. I I call it animated. (laughs) All right, we'll say we'll call it animated. We'll call it animated. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good thing, though. I mean, it's the best. Hello. We love that. So, okay. Should we jump into the news for idiots? Let's go. As I mentioned earlier, Miley Cyrus has officially set a release date of March 10th for her album "Endless Summer Vacation." I believe that leaked image you saw is the cover of the album. This mm-hmm. is when she is like holding on to a trapeze. Trapeze, yes. And in beautiful shape or in some sunglasses and what looks like a one-piece swimsuit. And uh, the first single, which is called Flowers, drops this Friday the 13th. And I heard that it's like a disco-y inspired. No, did you? Yes, I did. 
Oh, shit. Which is like, oh, we're really doing something different. Like, because last time it was, you know, the, the rock. Yes, thing. we're doing a paper. Why always plastic hearts? Paper hearts? What's <laughs> uh, the album? Plastic hearts. Plastic hearts. Paper rings, the Taylor song. Oh, plastic hearts, the Miley the confusion. album. But song. That album is so excellent. And of course, I love a disco moment. I loved Dua. I obviously love Renaissance. So I'm excited to keep the disco train running with Miley. And I trust her to do a great job with it. I'm that. glad that the girls are insisting, like, no, we need to bring up tempo music. Yeah. Yes, because we're tired of the vibes. The vibes are tough. And I will say, as far as like the queen of vibes, I have been listening to SZA's very long album. And the more I listen to it, the more I like it. And it's like, yes, she's very vibey, but she also incorporates a lot of pop rock into her music. And so I'm getting why it's been number one. I think it's four weeks at number one, which is the first time since Janet in 1993 that a female R&B album has debuted at number one and stayed there for four weeks. Oh, wow. Which is crazy. That like It's like breaking records. It's doing incredibly well. I'm excited to get more into it. But... As much as we love Sizz's vibes, I'm excited for Miley's energy. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, that's happening. on the, the era is beginning on Friday. So, everyone get ready. We love the start of a new era. And I hope her fans, the Smilers, I believe they're called, are oh, excited. I always forget about that. That one's not good. Yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of those uh, like post-Disney artists have really bad fan names. Like, Selenators, Arianators. It's like, what were y'all doing? Why, why are y'all robots? Yeah, I mean, like, we, were, we were just lambs and happy about it. And, <laughs> and, I mean, you know, who are we to talk? Our fans are called the Cathy's. Hey, but the Cathy's are great. Cathy's is an iconic <laughs> name. We Absolutely. love all of you. We really do. Um, so, if last week's podcast was a movie podcast, mm-hmm. I'd say this week's podcast is a reality TV podcast. So okay. buckle up, darling. We have some Housewives news. Real Housewife of Salt Lake City star Jen Shaw was finally sentenced for her crimes. And if we don't recall, she, while film, filming the second season of the show, their sprinter bus was raided. The New York the New York um, Police Department was looking for her, which is odd since she's in Salt Lake City. But it got all the way up to New York because it was a federal crime that she has been charged with being the kingpin of a uh, telemarketing scam company that basically stole millions and millions of dollars from elderly people. Just is like really awful shit that like not it's not like Erica Jane where it's like oh my husband did this and I don't know whether I was involved in it's like no Jen was the kingpin of all of it and uh, so the sentencing happened on Friday and she was sentenced to 6.5 years in federal prison okay. uh, which honestly in what she was charged with is kind of low like because she was so at the top of this so many people had turned on her she pled guilty at the last minute people were expecting her to get more time in prison but the conversation that was had in that courtroom, there's like a whole Twitter thread of someone recounting what happened. It's essentially her proclaiming her innocence, saying that like, I'm here with my manager and like we're trying to raise money to pay back restitution and pay it back $6.5 million to the victims. And the judge is just like, how? How are you going to do that? And yeah. like, I hope your manager's not here because you're trying to like profit off this sentencing. Like, do you still have the justice for Jen shirts up on your website? And <gasps> the, the lawyer was like, no, no, no. Those have been taken down. And it's like, I fucking bet they have. Oh, that poor lawyer. It just was so <laughs> bad. And it's honestly the judge, as much as the judge was very much like, don't confuse the character she plays on TV with a real person. It's like, yes, we get it. You don't watch Real Housewives, whatever. You're not better than us, Judge Stein. <laughs> uh, as much of that, like the sentence was very, I thought that the sentencing because of that would be really a long period of time because we, we wanted to make an example out of her. But it didn't seem like that happened. It just was like a judgment. And as much as I'm happy that she is, you know, 
you know, doing the time for her crime. And like, that is how our justice system works. And she clearly pled guilty and was guilty. Mm-hmm. I am just sad to think of her kid. She has a very young son who I think is now 12. And like when she gets uh, out, he's going to be an adult. Like he's going to be going sad. off to college. He's not going to be with his mother for so long. And it's just sad, but it's also like, well, that's why you don't do crime. Yeah. That's why you don't do crime. Like, like you come have a on. Child. Like, and also because it's crime's bad. Yes. But like, <laughs> Like, come on. So that happened. I believe she is reporting to the prison um, in February at some point. And she's been seen out, like, you know, having fancy dinners in the time between. I mean, if I was going to jail, I'd be having my last fancy dinners as well. I I I would would be be doing everything. And honestly, I hate to be like a bitchy person. (laughs) But I must tell you that this news was almost my giving me moments. Because I, when hearing this news, truly exclaimed from in this room by myself. And was like, oh, finally, Lisa Renna will not be returning (laughs) to the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She says, this is the longest job I have held in my 35-year career, and I'm grateful to everyone at Bravo and all those involved in the series. This woman was fired. It was not mutual. Lisa Rinna would never turn down a check. This is a woman who famously, like, hawked adult diapers in her 40s because she's like, I've never got a check bigger in my life, baby. And I will say, as far as her time on the show, her first season, she was excellent. She was a breath of fresh air. She was a good housewife at that point. I would argue she could have been fired three years ago. And the fact that it took this long, because I get it. People are like, well, you guys are going to be so sad when the Beverly Hills is boring because Rena's not there. She made it interesting. She's the villain. Respect your villains. X, Y, Z. Villains are fine. Mm-hmm. Villains that have no point in their villainy. Like why you decide to attack these people that you attack and scream your head off Act like you forgive them. Burst into tears. There's no, like, I can never see her motivation in the scenes on the show anymore. She's just trying to make TV. And that's when you have to go. Baby, I I have my BFA from NYU (laughs) in drama. And when I tell you the number one rule is you need to have a motivation or else what are you doing? And and that was my question to Rena for the past several years. What are you doing? And it's clear, obviously, she's a soap actress. And we've had other soap actresses on the show that got fired for being boring. So there's another side of the coin. But every like scene doesn't have to be a hallmark moment. You don't need to be bursting into tears, laughing, and like cackling your jaw back. It, she just was too fucking much. Also, there's a core group of women on that show between Kyle and uh, Dorit, Erica Jane, Lisa Rinna, and then Teddy, who's fired because, you know, she sucks. Um, they all protect each other so much that it's like the fact that the alliances don't change with this giant group of people on the show makes it uninteresting. Like, it's clear you guys are the core group and the other people on the show are on the outsides, and that's why you're all getting picked off one by one. Well, and it's also like when someone is just like unmotivatedly like being drama and drama and drama and you're not like invested in the story right. of the drama because there's so much of it. Like having someone just be all drama all the time in the way I guess it seems like she is. It's just yes. like it becomes boring and it becomes like all of the same over and over again and you don't have moments that are special. Anyway. Exactly. You know, that's why we watch Housewives for the, <laughs> for the special moments. Look. Don't judge. You watched season three of New York. That had a lot of special moments. Oh, that was that was a special. That moment. was a yeah. special moment. So goodbye, Rena. You you did a good job for a second there. I hope. I wish you all the best in your future endeavors. Never on my TV screen again. But I'm sure you'll be on a soap again or doing other things that I won't watch. So good for her. 
Right? Sure. She makes her money. She makes her money. Speaking of unlikable reality shows, <laughs> The Real Friends of WeHo was announced. MTV has set a premiere date for the show starring Brad Goreski and Todrick Hall. The cast is gave people and it's also like why are we throwing friends in this when it's like you all have not met <laughs> yeah it's like brad goreski uh the guy who's married to um aaron samuels and mean girls curtis hamilton um Z- zoe Zou- joey zauzig who i think is an instagram influencer man it just i don't have a problem with it on its face besides the todrick inclusion it's like has he not gotten enough bad press that like you wouldn't want to tie a show to him at this point well we gotta you know rebuild the image i don't i don't want that i don't think his image needs to be rebuilt i think maybe it'll be good for him to earn some money to pay back those people he has been paying for well years. that too but and you know maybe there will be some musical sequences in, in, no. the, in the show and some disney references no i'm disney won't do I'm sure that. there will be a lot of lot of lot of Dis- and maybe some cell block tangos what year is it? <laughs> that is my question there when those things some, pop up. Yeah, and then there was this, the, did you see what the one guy tweeted? Uh, yes. Chris, Sal- are Chris, we going to talk about that? We are. Is, I don't know how to say his last name. Is it Salvatore, Salvatore? Salvatore, Salvatore, whatever it is. It's he, Italian. He had a tweet as soon as this cast was announced. The tweet says, actor... Chris uh, Salvatore seems to allege that he was fired for... Oh, I'm sorry. That's the Pop Crave tweet. He tweeted, Last year, three gays from a certain reality show refused to film with me for having an OnlyFans, so I was fired by production after filming for only a week. That's about all I can say for now. So was he supposed to be like a main cast member? I think so. And they just refused to film with him? Yes. That's so crazy. It's so awful because it's like... Is being is a person in 2023 having an OnlyFans that big of a fucking also, deal? Also, like, come on, you're all a bunch of hoes. <laughs> all you people in that show. Right. It's not like anyone has the right to be like, oh, I am better than you because I've your penis is on the internet behind a paywall. It's like, who fucking cares? And it's here's the thing. Like, like you're all you're going on a react. It's not like you're like starring in this like highbrow right. thing and like you want to preserve your image. Right. Like you are going on and the whole point and the whole point is like sort of have people see you and have eyes on you and everything. Yes. I'd be filming with everybody. Absolutely. Who do you think are, are the gays that refuse to film with him? I, that I don't know. Some people had guesses and he responded like, oh, they're not who you think. Yeah. So there's no way to know. But it's also like this is a brand new show that has not like doesn't have any credibility. Who are any of you people to say I refuse to film? That's like something that Lisa Vanderbump said in her ninth season. This isn't even a show yet. Do your job. Yeah, you, you signed- are expendable. Absolutely. You are signed up to do a job. Just do it. And like having an OnlyFans in 2023, in my opinion, is not that big of a deal. Yeah. Sex work is work. It's just another avenue for monetization for him. And you all do so many shameless things for monetization, including this dumb fucking show. <laughs> right? Like, and, and a bunch of people were just like, oh, it has to be Todrick. It has to be Todrick. And it's like, Todrick has never turned down a, being in front of the camera in his never life. Never okay? once. So I highly doubt it was Todrick. But yeah, so I just think that's very interesting. And now I just want to know who it was. Not that I like know who any of these people are. <laughs> <laughs> I know Brad Goreski. Okay. He was like uh, Rachel Zoe's assistant, had a spinoff on Bravo. He's on Fashion Police. The others I didn't really know. Okay, cool. Well, uh, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure at least some of them are nice. Maybe. We'll see. Brad I, seems nice. But I, I, I'm interested. But also, if we're talking again, if this is supposed to be a man housewives thing, there was a whole storyline on uh, Miami Housewives about Larsa Pippen having an OnlyFans. And it was great. <laughs> Watching that storyline was great because they could be like, oh, she's selling feet pics. Oh, God, she's doing a lot. It's just like that would be a good story for the show. So why don't we keep put the show first? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. As a gay who wants to be on TV, I would be like, look, I'm filming with 
all of y'all all the time. I want to be in every damn scene. <laughs> exactly. Throw me in front of that camera. I mean, wake me up in, in the middle of the night and be like, we need you. And I'll be like, I'll be right there. I'll be there. Um, speaking of gays, Noah Schnapp, I believe that's how you pronounce his name, from Stranger Things, has come out as gay. We love that. We love that. Congratulations to Noah. Very exciting news. Did you see that Megan is taking over the box office? Oh, yeah. I want to see it. <laughs> I mean, I want to see it, too. It looks like fun. I'm a little scared that it's gory, but I'm hearing that it's more fun than it is I, Yeah, I hear that it's more fun than it is, like, scary. Yeah. Yeah. And it made $30 million in its opening weekend on a $12 million budget. It has, like, a 95 or 97 on Rotten Tomatoes for a January release. This is the movie that is the story of um, Allison Williams builds a doll uh, to keep her niece company after her, her parents have passed away, She I builds think. the doll? Or, like, she works at the company that builds the doll. Oh, gotcha. Like, okay. That is what I understand. And then doll, of course, turns against us all. <laughs> as, as a doll will. As a doll will. I, I still believe that my A-L-E-X-A's are always on my side. Because I'm very nice to them. Until one day. No. They're going to turn on you and they're going to turn those lights off when you <laughs> want them on. That'll be the worst. Oh, my God. Can you believe? So, I guess I just, we guess we got to see Megan. Because I, I would like to stand this little girl who dances and is killing people. You know, because oh, she's fun. Yeah. She's killing she's killing it and killing people. The only thing I don't like is that she's tied into that Taylor Swift song, It's Nice to Have a Friend. Because, like, <laughs> that song's bad. But, like, <laughs> but like what a perfect song it's, to have in that yes. trail. It works aesthetically perfectly. And it's like, ah, yes, there was a reason for this song. And uh, if anybody out there loves the 90s, TLC's Chili and Matthew Lawrence are dating. Hot. <laughs> and I just think these are two people who still look great and were 90s icons. Good for them. I think it's the most random like pairing of people. Like Absolutely I never would have guessed it in a million years, but I'm just like, get it. Go for it. I know. I'm just excited because, you know, I love love. And we just done that justice for TLC video. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like, again, we have people in the press listening to the podcast. I mean, like, oh, what is Chili up to? Oh, my God. What if Matthew Lawrence was watching our content? And being like, you know what? I like TLC too. Let me like tr- slip into Chili's DMs, <laughs> and like that's how and it, it all happened. Wow, that would have been a fast. Re- that would have been a relationship happening fast. That's like, true. I think they started dating. I don't know why I know so much about this, but around oh, Thanksgiving time. Oh wow, you so read the article? I read. Whoa. I, you know, I have to click anything that says TLC on it. <laughs> you know, I can't skip just in it. case. Like at the end, it says something about like Chili is currently working on an album. That with, would be amazing. T Boz. It did not say that. Oh well, <laughs> I know. Upsetting. Uh, this is a. Again, not very much our brand, but I just want to send good vibes to Damar Hamlin and his family on Monday Night Football. Uh, a game was occurring, and I believe he, w- this is a 24-year-old man, mm-hmm. got hit in the chest by uh, a, another football player and fell unconscious on the field after being hit and had to be taken to the hospital. He did not get up. Like It was just like... I don't know how long he was unconscious, but apparently he is doing well in the hospital. But it just was a scary sight for, I'm sure, a lot of viewers that were there, uh, viewers at home. And his teammates and the other teammates of the NFL reportedly was like, well, it's been five minutes. Like, let's get back to the game. And the teams were like, "Ah, fuck no. We just saw someone like be injured so incredibly seriously. This 24-year-old baby. It's just terrifying and horrible. I love to hear that he is doing better now and like there's been a remarkable improvement in how he's doing there but it's just I don't know. I just wonder if this is going to lead to some sort of change or in safety precaution or like is this just a freak accident? I don't know. And it's like what do you do because like the game by nature is so insanely violent and damaging to people and so and look I've never played football. I don't even know how you score a point. You (laughs) you run to the the touchdown zone. Okay. Whatever. (laughs) So I don't know nothing about it but like it's so and when I was a kid it never even phased me because I would watch people play football and I'd be like oh yeah it looks like it hurts a 
little bit, but like when you're now that you're an adult, do mm. you like have more of a concept of like, oh, pain? Like you understand? <laughs> like the, when I was a kid, I'd be like, oh, the the thought of falling isn't scary. Now the thought of fall, like just like falling, mm. scares me. I mean, I think I knew pain. <laughs> As a child, I broke my leg early on. Did you really? Uh, yeah, it was like not that bad of a break, but like I was jumping off the bed and I broke my leg. I probably was three or something. Oh, that was stupid. Okay, well, I liked jumping on the bed. <laughs> Sorry, I was having fun. Uh, but yeah, so I, I, I knew that things were painful, but thinking about this level of... Like someone just said in the chat that he had a cardiac arrest mm -hmm. after being hit. It's just like the idea that we... That kids play this game, that college people play this game and don't get compensated, and it's so very dangerous. It's just like scary to me. Yeah. You know? Um, I couldn't completely, but okay, our hearts go out to him, obviously, Damar Hamlin. And he was doing incredible work before that, where he like had a charity even before he was in the NFL making all this money. He was, oh, like, wow. had a beautiful kids' charity that I think has raised a lot of money since this incident occurred. So prayers for him. Um, I have not followed the McCarthy Speaker of the House thing that closely. So I don't know how much I can speak to it. All I can say is that he is the Speaker of the House now after like 17 tries or something. I think shit. it was 15. That's so embarrassing. And the Republic, the way you see them tearing at each other, having to hold each other back while the Democrats and women in the House just sit there reading books. It's oh just my like, God. What like what, your party is in such fucking disarray. Like mm -hmm. if you're a sensible Republican out there, that's a thing. Uh, what, what must you think looking at that? Must you be like, we, this is insane. It has to be embarrassing. Like, it get, has to it, be. get it together. Like, the people put you in office yes. to govern and they want they want stuff done. And it's just, he's going to be replaced because yes. he gave away so much in the, you know, compromises to get those votes. Like he, he at first he like brought it down to like all you, you needed five people to uh, want to oust the speaker of the house mm. and they could bring it up to vote. Like when it, the, you just had five people. Yeah. Then after like all these votes, he brought it down to one. <laughs> like, so if one person is like, I don't like Kevin McCarthy today, let's all have a vote to They'll like oust it. the speaker. Like it can be, brought up to vote and it's like Jesus. wow I can't think of a bigger waste of that's time that's the thing aren't you supposed to be governing like it's just so exhausting and ridiculous and I don't know it's just an embarrassment vote Democrat like if it's ever <laughs> been clearer like vote blue like these people are out of their minds it's like yes please like let's just like have some sort of normalcy like for once for once I would love to be bored by politics I would love to be bored I would Ugh. love to be bored whenever a politician's talking and he's just so boring or she's just so boring I'm like yes I'm like yes give it to me I don't know what you're saying that's what and I want to not know <laughs> I want to not have to know but I have to have to know well because sometimes also something is so crazy and people are talking about and you're like I don't fully understand this oh I gotta research it which right. like okay it's good that like some of this stuff that has happened has forced me to research like of course civics and how all this works and everything because <laughs> yes. it's important to know but like sometimes i don't want to i, I just know. want it to be boring i know so we're praying for more boredom in 2023 more on boredom. The politics front matt Steele, is there any other news for idiots you'd like to share with the people i don't think so it was a lovely refreshing week yes i hope you're all feeling as refreshed as we are oh look at us and i hope none of you lock your keys in your car because like it, Steele sucks. Did. <laughs> Cause it, it sucks. sucks all right well let's take a quick break and then we'll be back with more two game match the podcast
All right. Oh, oh, you're recording. I am recording. Oh dear, I have the. I'm like looking up the thing that's going to be my giving me moments. Hold on. Let oh, okay. Emails. Let me go to the emails for email my heart. This is the section of the podcast where we answer any questions that you guys might have. You can be a part of email my heart if you email us at twogaymats at gmail Two is spelled T W O. Or if you are watching this on YouTube, you can comment below and we might read it out loud. So we got a couple emails. The first one comes to us from Durga. Durga says the icon the legend Ms. Greta Gerwig <laughs> darling Matt I'm currently watching Francis Ha on Netflix starring my queen Greta Gerwig and directed by Noah Bumbach and was wondering Matt Steele have you ever seen this movie I think you'd like it I love Greta's movies and they're always so layered and beautiful and she features Sacramento which is a place I think means a lot to her have you seen this movie or have any other opinions about her as a side note, I have watched Lady Bird and Little Women, what masterpieces, but I have yet to watch White Noise because I'm a little scared of horror, so let me know if it's a scary film. Also, if you love Greta, she had an amazing podcast interview with our future nostalgia queen, Dua Lipa, who is apparently a brilliant interviewer and asks the best questions of anyone I've ever come across. Who knew? Who knew that we would be getting a Greta Gerwig interview being asked questions by Dua Lipa? Right. Uh, so I would suggest if you have a spare moment... Uh, and then she says, P.S. Also, Mr. Steele, I'm currently watching Devos like five minutes in and it's such a drama queen extravaganza in the most perfect way. I love all the little details when Heather just curls one strand of hair. The pink shirt we see Ricky in the first time saying, got drama. Are you kidding me? Iconic. And Mitchell, <laughs> whose audition is singing his fave Mariah ad libs. Hysterical. <laughs> I can't I still can't believe you made a movie. Girl, neither can I <laughs> like a movie movie. Oh, speaking of how's the second movie coming along? Have any generous fun? Finances made their offers. No, not yet. If anyone would like to uh, reach out to me, uh, <laughs> I'm sure you're fighting off hundreds vying for a piece of the next steel production. Not quite, but uh, maybe one day. Um, okay, that's it. Sorry, not sorry for the million questions I asked at once. Cheers, Durga. Durga, thank you so much for the compliments. That like you like picking out those specific details like means a lot to me. Yes, you are watching closely. <laughs> like what? Like because there are like a bunch of tiny things. Like it's just getting like one frame of film. Like so much goes into every single shot mm. and like it's such hard work for every single moment that like noticing those like just like random little details that in the grand scheme of things aren't super hard. Um it just means a lot to me. So Absolutely. thank you. Thank you very much. Um you I be, the only Greta Gerwig movie you have seen is Lady Bird. Correct. I saw that in theaters. Yes. And that, I loved it. 2017 was your year of seeing movies in I theaters. I saw a lot. I had that AMC pass they used to have. Movie pass. Movie pass. Remember movie? Didn't Very they, different thing. Weren't they trying to bring it back? Did that ever I happen? I feel like every couple months they're talking about how they're coming back. They're coming back. Uh. And I'm like, I would like to see it. But, <laughs> but no, Greta Gerwig, I honestly, I've never seen Francis Ha. And I've always mm. wanted to because I hear like how good it is. And I would just... I. I Forget if it's the movie that like Noah Bumbach and Fran and uh, Greta Gerwig did they meet on it? I don't know, but uh, but you know he's directing his wife, and I, I would really love to see it. But I think Greta Gerwig is an excellent director. Her, I mean, Lady Bird, I could talk about it all day. Like those performances, Laurie Metcalf in Lady Bird, mm. I, nothing is more annoying to me than like a story about teenage angst. <laughs> like nothing, I hate it. But like for some reason, Lady Bird just. It really resonated. It like, worked. It totally worked. And I was invested the whole time and I was so moved. 
And that little women, you need to see that little women. Really? It is so, like at the end of it, you will just be like, this was beautiful. Okay. Like it is so well done. And the way she like makes it such a, a like a, a movie that speaks to feminism of that time and also of 2019 when it came out without mm. it being preachy in the slightest about it. Like it felt so natural, but yet it felt a little meta too, like mm. in, in how it did it. Like it was just such a smart, smart screenplay. And it also the performances in that are excellent. So I love Greta Gerwig's work a lot and I'm excited to see, I'm excited to see Barbie. Oh yes. I it Cause I hear it's amazing. Like Is that heard, this summer it's coming out? That's it's July 23rd. Oh wow. All right. Yeah. So we're all getting ready for that. Yes, and we will be seated. Yes. And I have not seen white noise yet, but I'm sure I will eventually at some point. So the next email, my heart comes to us from, uh, I'm scrolling up and I know it's from Jessica because we got it today. Okay. Jessica says, hello, gentlemen. First, I just wanted to say how much I enjoy you both and your podcast. Thank you for sharing your authentic, lovely selves. I listen to every week on the train ride home. I recently came across an article that I immediately thought of you two and wanted your opinion. Rolling Stone released an article of the 200 greatest singers of all time. And I have to say, I'm surprised by the list. There were people on the list who should have been higher and others I felt were too high up. <laughs> I'm dying to hear your thoughts on the list. Do you agree? If you had to create your own top five singers of all time, who would they be? Listen, uh, looking forward to hearing your answers. We, I saw that that list came out yeah. and I was just like another giant list that is probably just released just to make people mad. 100%. <laughs> like... I'm not going to engage with that. 100%. I heard that Celine Dion was not on the list. I heard that Judy Garland was not on the list. Those are crazy omissions. I'm just not going to engage with that. Right. And you know, the top people, obviously, like, you can't disagree. They were amazing, amazing singers. Yeah. We love all of them. Uh, But I feel like... List like I feel like there's a list of like the 100 best singers or whatever that comes out every right. like every month or something. I think I just wish that the um what we're actually voting on or like what we're awarding as a great singer was made clear to me throughout the list. Mm-hmm. There it's like if we're talking about like oh they express themselves well, their musicality comes through or it's like vocal technical talent because mm-hmm. some of those people near the top it was obviously like the Mariahs, the Whitney's, Aretha's, it's like vocal technical talent, but then you go a little lower and you're like okay, well, we could have put Janet here. Like it's just like if we're talking powerhouses, are we talking technical ability? Are we talking storytelling ability because I agree. It's just designed to make people mad. And the omissions were blatant and the placements were suspect. And I'd put Mariah higher, but I'm glad she's top five. (laughs) Yeah, I'd put her higher. I'd put her top five out of 200 literal legends. I know, but like it's Mariah Carey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of like what's the rubric we're using to like define greatest singers of all times. Because I think there's an argument to be made of, well, this person is the most like expressive and passionate. And then there's an argument to be made of like just sheer like absurd te- like yes. technical talent like yes. Whitney Houston like and so so it, who knows how any of this is being judged and I don't even know how I would judge if we, I were to name my top five greatest singers of all time right like myself I mean like I have 
my favorites, like the ones that I really connect to, like obviously like there's a Fantasia who mm. I just like connect with, like the passion in that voice yeah. is, is just resonates with me so much. And, and you know, there's like, or am I going to judge it on like the impact that they made on their industry? Like right. an, an Ethel Merman who I was talking about it on the discord, like really like was the voice that defined Broadway style singing, right. you know, like how do I judge that? Or do I just judge it based on like technical, yes. like this voice is astronomically out of this world. No mm. human being should be able to accomplish this. Right. What would your answer be to that? I Matt mean, Palmer? I can't go all time because I, you know, am a young person and only have lived through so much and haven't, you know, gone back into the archives all the way through. But the people that I would say best vocalist that I've lived through and have impacted me the most I would say there's a Mariah. I'd say there's a Whitney. I would say, uh, if we're going to add a man, Luther Vandross, because mm. that's a fucking vocalist. I would say Brandy would be on the list. I feel like there's a very unique tone there. She is called the vocal Bible for a reason. And she was like prime. She like defined oh. like that R&B sound of the mid. Absolutely yeah. she did. Absolutely she did. And um, I'm trying to think last. I mean... It's hard to deny what Kelly Clarkson's doing on Kellyoke every week, taking everyone's songs and improving them. It's out of this world. It's out of this world. Yeah. So if top of my head, those would be my five. And again, these are my favorite, the ones that have affected me the most in my lifetime. But I mean, they're all exceptional. They're technical. They're ability. They're storytellers. There's everything you want from those five people. So I'm happy. Yeah, it's interesting to go back to Kelly Clarkson. Like I think about like she has been around for over two decades at this point, yes. and her voice has not swayed. No, it, it has it's, not strayed from what it like. It's gotten. Bet it's that's the so thing. Much. Like it's she better. has just improved, and it's like Wild. no woman in her. She's in her forties now. Like no I woman think. in her forties should be able to do that. I like, know it's insane. I, I am. You know, there are the singers that you know their voices like are so impactful to me. Like a Rebecca Luker, who mm. I, I her the technique of her voice is just so vital to like my heart. Right. You know. So I'm basically going to just say the people who. Who are like inhuman, like people who just like <laughs> people who are inhuman. my list Got is it. just going to be like the technical singers who it's like you are no human being should have been able to do that. I think you were an alien that came down. <laughs> that is obviously like Whitney Houston. Yes. Just in rewatching those videos. What? 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 Unbelievable. Like no human being. Could, has ever been able to do that no. since or before. Like it's insane. I would say Judy Garland. Mm. I would say Barbara Streisand. Right. Just like how? Like Barbara in her 20s, how was she doing that? Um, I, here's the thing. You can't have like a list of greatest singers of all time and not have an opera singer in there. Mm. Like the technique that is required for opera is 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 so like staunch and those are musicians who work their asses off problem is i don't know much <laughs> about opera singers right. specifically like you know i know the names like beverly sills and maria callas and and all those names and everything so if someone would like to i'll throw in just the, whatever best opera lady <laughs> you can think of best she's on that lady. list Got best it. opera lady and i don't know who i would pick as a there's someone missing from your list. Oh, is there? Yeah. Mariah Carey. Yeah, thank you. I was going to say, I'm going to have to cancel the show. Just in like the colors that she is able to create in her voice. Mm -hmm. and, and it's interesting because I don't have necessarily, I mean, Barbara Streisand is a Broadway style singer and everything. And yeah. Judy Garland, I wouldn't say Judy Garland was like Broadway, but like 
vaguely not next. They're next door neighbors. Yeah, yeah. But like, because the thing with Broadway voices is like they're not supposed to be like not human. Like they're they're supposed to be like slightly. There's you're supposed to be able to relate to them, exactly. You know, so that's why maybe I wouldn't necessarily put a Broadway person in there. If I were to maybe maybe Audra McDonald, mm. I would put just and. Actually, if I were to put a Broadway person in there, it might be Betty Buckley. Oh. Like the things she can do with her voice is abs- like absolutely nuts. So I don't know what answer I would pick for a Broadway <laughs> voice, but like wh- whatever. I gave you a wishy-washy answer. Hey, hey, we got top five. That was a hard question. It was a very hard question. I'm proud that we actually have lists of five things. I yeah. think we did a go. Even and though one of yours is like opera lady. Opera la- <laughs> because I had like, th- like this is what I'm judging on. Like right. I, I think I would made that clear. And right. you did yours as well, the people who personally impacted Exactly. You. Yeah. So I think that was a solid answer. Thank you. Uh, so the next email, my heart came to us a couple minutes ago from <laughs> the wonderful Vinny, who was like, I'm about to email you something. We appreciate uh, it. Vinyl wish list. Hi, Nats. Mm. As an avid music collector, mostly CDs, I do wish that vinyl records were more affordable. In my, I would do wish that vinyl records were more affordable in my country mm. so I could get all of my favorite albums in a format that is so visually stunning. Yes. So far in my collection, I I only have Lord's Melodrama and Halsey's Badlands mm. on vinyl. And the Badlands has a place of honor as it is pressed in bubblegum pink. Oh, Ooh, wow. Hot. Since the vinyl has had a renaissance and... As a as since vinyl has had a renaissance as a format for music recently, is there an album you think would benefit from being released as an LP? By oh. the way, I'm sending a photo of what the most recent Matt Palmer album could look like oh. as a visual. It's the the Get, Get Lost album. Oh, thank you. That's not the most recent. Uh, the good parts is more recent, but. Thank you very much. We That's love very a, kind. we love a get lost visual. We love here. get lost, and I'd love if Hold it was on, I'm about. Z- I'm, z- I'm zooming in for the people. Okay. All right. What would well, you like to hear? Yeah. Um, what should be the thing is I think a lot of the big artists have repressed their big songs on vinyl, and mm-hmm. so I feel like like I just bought for my friend Janie a Christina Aguilera stripped vinyl because she Ooh. released that. Um, I believe Mariah's done vinyls for all of her old records. I feel like there's probably you're gonna find the vinyls you need available to you. I would hope that Janet has done her run of four, like Control, uh, Janet, Rhythm Nation, and Velvet Rope. I hope those are all available in vinyl. But I imagine they are. Like I feel like vinyl has become such a big format that you're going to find, I'd say 85% of anything you look for, you're gonna find like major releases. From that were like high profile at the time they were released. I assume they'll be available for you. Yeah, and do you think that we will get to, or is are we at a point now where like you can order like vinyls like made to order? Like, do you think Ooh. we'll ever get to a point like that, or are they too expensive to make? Do you think? I think it would be involved in like you wouldn't get the professional looking artwork if you had to be like, oh, I want this made to order of like Ooh, Robin's yeah. Body Talk, which if that's available and vinyl, you should get that. Uh, but you probably the, the art wouldn't look as good. So I think a label or someone distributing would need to be responsible for making it look as good as it should. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I mean, like listening to like older music on vinyl really like hits mm. <laughs> like so like uh, any like Broadway cast recording like on vinyl always just sounds great to me. I also um, at the 
penguin party. Uh, yes. yes, last night, uh, uh, my friend Lauren bought her husband a uh, uh, what's it called? Har- not harmonium, like a record player. Okay, thing, yeah, you know, and uh, <laughs> but like one of the old type ones, and uh, and she was playing Christmas music on it, mm. and you know, it's it was January seventh at this point, but like as the Christmas music was playing on the vinyl, I was just like, oh, <laughs> I was like, oh, this is like giving me the nostalgia I need for it to be Christmas. It is and nice. Christmas is over, long <laughs> over. I've like. I always, it's kind of like my Apple Watch of it all. It's like I'm always thinking about getting into vinyls, but like that is an expensive collector's oh, hobby. Yeah. Like that to get the player and then to just stack up on all your favorite albums. Like it's not a cheap moment. And so I just, I'm holding off. I feel like maybe in my later years, maybe in my retirement. Of course. <laughs> I'll yes. begin getting some vinyls, have that player, and just sit by the fire drinking my champagne, listening to, you know, Butterfly on vinyl. I mean that'll be beautiful. That'll be lovely. I believe Very picturesque. that you can do that. Yeah, I believe that for us. All right. All right. So Matt Steele. Yes. What's been giving you moments? Well, Babylon. Oh, no, I'm just my kidding. God. I'm just kidding, guys. <laughs> uh, so I also saw another movie this week that I've been wanting to see for a long time because it felt like so many people saw it before me, even though it just came out. But uh, and that is a movie directed by a Canadian filmmaker named Sarah Polly, and mm. it is a movie called Women Talking. Okay. And it is about uh, women in I believe they are in Canada because she's Canadian. And yeah. A lot of the actresses were Canadian. Um, and they live in like a Mennonite type colony and it's 2000. I mean, I won't reveal what year it is, but <laughs> okay. it's kind of revealed in the middle of the movie, but uh, they're living in this colony and they, the, the premise is for, I think a, a few years at this point, like mm-hmm. several of the men have started like attacking them, drugging these women with horse tranquilizers. And what? when I say like, not even women, like drugging people from ages, like three to like 60 something what drugging them with horse tranquilizers and like violently raping them and beating their like unconscious bodies like these women in this colony are getting attacked by a certain select group of men and so this is terrifying and so some of these men like are discovered but they don't know if they've discovered all the men yet obviously Mm -hmm. and so these men were sent out of the colony to go to whatever prison outside of the colony and all of the men in the town leave the town for to uh, raise bail for these men and to mm. bring them back so that these women can forgive them. And and then the colony can go on with the way it was. And what? Yes, I know. Like, that is what they think, like, the penance of these, these men should be, that these women forgive them and everyone moves on. This is crazy. And so while the men are away... All the women gather together and try to decide, what do we do? Do we do nothing? Do we stay and fight? Or do we all leave the colony? Do we all, like, abandon the colony? And so Women Talking um, shows this, I guess, you know, like, 24 hours of, like, a group of women who were chosen to, like, make this decision. Mm. Like, having the discussion to figure out what they want to do. And it's just, an like, an hour and 50 minutes of this. And it is so stirring. It is so beautifully filmed and the way it, the script is gorgeous and mm-hmm. I think it's the front runner for adapted screenplay but the way it Sarah Polly directed it I think is just so gorgeous because there's obviously like a very like sort of uh, theatrical like play like quality to it because it's mm-hmm. a small cast right. and it t- mostly takes place in a barn um, but the way she films it just makes it so cinematic and there's so much attention to detail with all of the characters and the characters the performances are just so beautiful and and it really you could really like talk about all of the performances, but two performances in the movie that I don't think are getting enough attention. Cause you know, there's like heavy hitters in there. There's Jesse Buckley, there's Claire Foy and mm. there's Rooney Mara. Like they're amazing of course. And Francis McDormand also has a small part in it. Um, 
but two performances, Judith Ivy and uh, the, uh, Sheila McCarthy. Mm. They are so, they play like the two older women who are in this group trying to make this decision. Okay. And they are phenomenal. There's also another actress, Michelle McLeod, who I thought was excellent. Like, I encourage everyone to see this movie. It's just so simple and beautiful. And and I I was just so invested the whole time. And, and you really just, like, see the struggle that these women are going through, like, with their faith and with just, like, their this was their home for their entire lives. And they know nothing outside of the colony. Do you see the violence against them? At- no, you don't. Okay. Um, okay. it's, it's very t- like tastefully done right. and everything. And so I, I really loved how it was, I loved the direction of it. I, 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 I hope it gets nominated for best picture. I think oh, it would right. be a great nominee. So I, I think, I think you would like it. All I think right. Into it. All right. Now yeah. that I know the violence is included, violence I'm is included. open to seeing it yes, <laughs> because yes. the description was very terrifying, but I can imagine it was a very stirring film for yeah. all involved. Yeah. Um, for me, I saw a movie. That I think you probably, I believe you've seen it a few weeks ago, maybe. I feel like you've talked about it already. But we were going to go to a theater to go see this film, but it was only playing at like 2 p.m. on a Friday. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to go on iTunes, buy this movie for $25, which is less than it would have been for both of us to sit in the theater and watch it. Uh But spoiler alert. Oh, Oh my gosh. Guys, okay, so this is the film that stars Jim Parsons and Ben Aldridge and uh, Sally Field, and it is about a real-life person, Michael Osiello, and uh, he is a writer. He used to write for TV Guide, and now he writes for TV Line, and uh, he was in a 13-year relationship uh, with his boyfriend and Kit, and it's not a spoiler because the whole thing is, spoiler, the hero dies. Kate is diagnosed with cancer and uh, it's he passes away as a result. It's very sad and like they open with a scene of essentially what happens uh, and then they go back and through their whole relationship and how they first met and like Michael Osiello has a interesting uh, fandom that comes out in a very funny scene. I won't mm-hmm. spoil it but it's very funny and it just it, even though you know where it's going you know how it's ends, uh, how it ends I think Jim Parsons and Ben Aldridge did such a good job portraying like a real scene couple they were obviously real and uh it was just so heartbreaking i was so invested i was so upset when not only uh you know what ends up happening when he passes away but also when they began having problems as a couple <laughs> i know like that that, that moment so real it felt and- so real and it was just like wait wait I because it's like since you know the like end end of the movie you think you know exactly what's going to happen I was like oh there's a stay in love and this bad thing will happen but no the, it's it's just like that moment was really heartbreaking for me and it was just and hard like, you know spoiler alert ahead but like when they're they're having problems when this diagnosis happens and so they're in such an interesting point in their like relationship, relationship. and lives at this point and so there's such like complex feelings and you're just, you're so invested you know what scene just like did it for me mm. the that I thought was so exquisitely done and mm. so simple. Spoiler alert: the scene where like he tells his parents. I knew you were gonna say that. It was unbelievable. Like it and, was unbelievable. And just like it might be like one of my favorite. It might be like top two, maybe top like line of dialogue in the in a, a movie this year, which was a voiceover. Was just I was so proud of how brave how brave you were. You were. I because the whole there are several moments in which Ben Aldridge's character Kit says like I'm just not ready to do that I'm just not ready to do that and then like when he was faced with this big confrontation not confrontational but this big conversation with his parents about this diagnosis 
that's the best thing you could be in that point mm-hmm. for this person who's not choosing the brave path all the time throughout the film to see him just tackle it head on was really beautiful. I just was like, I was so invested. I cared so much. And I like obviously have done a deep dive on Michael Osiello. He seems mm-hmm. happy. And he put like a very cute reel of like when he first interviewed Jim Parsons and like how long they've known each other. And like 13 years later, he's starring in a movie about this. It's also, I think Michael was on set for a lot of this. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, would that not be such a fucking mind fuck to watch these actors play out like the most tragic moments of your life in front of you? I know. I just couldn't help think about it it just was very lovely and i can't recommend it enough i also we started watching only murders in the building which obviously it's on its second season Uh but those first like two or three episodes are so cute and i mean it's cute and like dark obviously because i don't know if this is the storyline a spoiler as to what is happening in the show they basically are obsessed with true crime podcasts spoiler alert if you want to be surprised it came out a while ago but uh, they're obsessed with true crime podcasts. They all live in the same building. This is uh, Steve Martin's character, Martin Short's character, and Selena Gomez's character. And uh, there is a murder in their building, and they want to make a podcast about it. And you're basically learning about all this backstory because they're kind of just beginning to be friends or interacting. They bonded over the true crime podcasts they loved. And uh, I don't know. I feel like every episode we're learning more and more about each of them and their past and what is true and what is not. And it's just it's riveting. It's it's short all the episodes being 30 minutes is nice Mm. but it's still it's so funny but it's still like heartbreaking and even though there's some like I don't know there's some blood in the murder that they're investigating you see you know some stuff it's not too gory for me Mm -hmm. um but it's, oh, I wouldn't it, imagine it was gory. Like I don't it's think a, it's, it's gory. a comedy. <laughs> but it's like it is a comedy. But like there, I mean, there's some blood, and you know I don't do blood. Okay. Uh, but it is very good. It's very funny. Uh, and uh, Martin Short's great. You never told me about him. <laughs> okay, that was sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you never talk about him. I feel like I didn't know you liked him. He seems like someone you would like. For those of you who don't know. <laughs> Martin Short is like my favorite actor. <laughs> you were very angry when I said. Yeah. Oh, because I believed you for a second. That was acting, baby. Thank you. Like, Wait, what? Stretching my acting. Next, muscle. you're gonna see Clifford, and you're gonna see real Martin Short, baby. Oh, Cl- the Big Red Dog. No, it's a different movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe it's a different movie. It's, <laughs> Maybe it's, it's a it's an odd movie. Okay, you might be a little disturbed by it, but like, baby, that's cinema. Okay. Well, I'm happy to be getting into it. I can't wait to finish both seasons. And I think I said this. I don't know if I said it on the live or in the podcast, but everyone needs to watch Family Karma. I feel like every season this show is on television, I say everyone needs to watch Family Karma. But it's true. It is on Bravo. I believe it is the best show on Bravo at this moment. It has real life gay characters, great characters, great people, which a lot of the Bravo shows don't for some reason. Yeah, like why are we getting the real like gays of WeHo like on MTV first before we ever got it on Bravo? I'm sure it was pitched to Bravo and they passed. Well, it's so interesting because it's and it this kind of like proves to be true. Like whenever something about gays come like whenever something about women comes out, the gays are just like, yes, yes, yes. Whenever something about the gays comes out, the gays are like, fuck you. I know. I mean, I'm going to give it a try. I'd be more all for it if Todrick wasn't involved. That's all I'll say. Like, this man doesn't pay people. He's problematic. But I'm going to give it a try. But Family Karma is excellent. And it's uh, they're leading up to a big gay Indian wedding at the end of the season. There's so much drama happening. The guys are gorgeous. There's like inter um, generational drama. Like I feel like the aunties, like all of the characters' moms are now having drama in a way that's like 
you leave her alone. <laughs> this one auntie, the the mother of the gay Indian man who's getting married, is so sweet and is at this like basically she goes to a friend's house and they're all talking shit about her other friend who basically their children, their uh, son was getting married. Reshma is the mother's name who was not at this party and one of the other aunties, Brian's mom, is like she didn't talk to me at that wedding one time. She didn't even look at me. She completely like didn't give me the time of day at her son's wedding. Like let's talk shit about her and the other aunt. He's like, you know what? I don't feel comfortable with you guys talking behind my friend's back. I'm going to fucking leave. And they all kind of attacked her. Oh. And it's like, you leave her alone. <laughs> she is a lovely young lady who is like taking in her like gay son that she wasn't expecting. Like it's a, they're a very traditional family. She loves him so much and loves his partner so much. His partner's parents are not even going to walk him down the aisle. They're having such. And she's mm. like, you are my son now, too. It's just like she's lovely and beautiful. And those aunties need to leave her alone. Leave her alone, aunties. It's on Peacock. It's excellent. Watch Family Karma. I say that every year, but it's true. And I wanted to come back and have a million seasons because it's so great. Anything else you'd like to tell the people? I don't think so. All right. <laughs> I just got to get my keys out of my car. Yes, we got to get those keys out. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. And we'll be back next week with more Two Game Mats, the podcast. Bye. Bye. Bye.